Okay, Gil, we are recording now, I believe. Go for it. First of all, I want to thank from the bottom of my heart the people who came to my event uh, uh, late and stayed there and so patiently while waiting for me to deal with what Rabbi Tendler accurately called an, an act of God of there being um, my flight diverted to Birmingham, Alabama unexpectedly. Um, and I want to apologize for not coming earlier and scheduling to come earlier uh, and inconveniencing people. I especially want to thank Andy for waiting for me at the airport um, and uh, Martin Stubb and all the people who contributed to uh, try to make the event a success. Um, so that being said, one thing that I intended to say uh, when I came and, and did, uh, did not actually say in my talk, I intended to speak at the very beginning about the significance of Israel reaching 71. Um, last year they brought me as part of the Religious Zionists of America um, as part of the 70 for 70 program and armed us in advance with 20 things about the significance of 70 in Judaism. Uh, this year, when we're part of the 71 in what has become Israel 360, um, they didn't really tell us anything about the significance of 71 in Judaism, which uh, there isn't a lot of, to be honest, but there actually is more than nothing, which is that um, in the Gemara Sanhedrin, it mentions that the greatest of the Sanhedrins had 71 people. And the Nativ writes that 71 is the basis for democracy. Uh, that because um, it's uh, the Sanhedrin was, was the basis for democracy. So who knows 71? I know 71. 71 is democracy. But 71 is also Hashem. Uh, 71, if, if there's a debate on the amount of Jews that went down to Egypt with Yaakov, and while some commentaries say that uh, Yocheved is number 70, uh, beyond the 69 that, that they agree on, um, and uh, the rush says they just round up from 69 to 70, they're really 69, the answer given by Evan Ezra is, is that there could be um, the, um, that the number the 70 has two different possibilities. That it could be Yaakov, even though uh, it says they went down with Yaakov, fine, Yaakov counts anyway. And he also says the Shechina counts, because in Pasuk Dalid, before Hashem tells Yaakov, don't worry, I'm going down with you. And in the same Pasuk, he says that he will help the Jewish people go back up uh, twice it says it, and no one understood why it says twice. And so one possibility is that um, he came with the Jewish people out of Egypt uh, through the Red Sea and everything when the Red Sea was split, and also he helped us now in building the state that we have now. And uh, Yaakov counts as number 70, and Hashem is 71. And so that's why it's very special for me that I have this uh, time... Uh, going around America where we are celebrating the 71st birthday of Israel, which is very special. And this is happening at a time when I think that there are too many misconceptions about Israel um, in the American Jewish community. So um, we've seen how there was a Pew study that asked Americans what they think of Israel. And in that Pew study, 
64% had a positive view of the people of Israel, 28% had a negative point of view. But when they asked a follow-up question about the government of Israel, there it was a lot more negative. There you had only 39% having a positive view and 51%, more than half, having a negative point of view. And uh, I attribute that uh, I, to uh, some misconceptions uh, among the Americans about our democracy. Uh, there's this feeling that Israel is moving very far to the right. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's not actually true. If you count all the votes that there were for right-wing parties in the 2019 election, it was less than there were in the 2015 election. And, and that is if you count also the votes that went to parties that didn't get the number of votes needed to get in. And the right block fell from 67 to 65 seats. And uh, Netanyahu did not win a resounding victory. Then again, the election was a referendum on Netanyahu's leadership, and he won handily, defeating what the opponents of Netanyahu thought would be a winning formula of three times two, three investigations and three former generals. The former generals told the people, we have 127 years of security experience between us, but that wasn't enough uh, to persuade the people who have found that their security situation is actually very good despite the rocket attacks and all the incendiary devices from Gaza. It really could be a lot worse. Now, also... The criminal investigations weren't enough to bring Netanyahu down because of a number of reasons. Reason number one is that in any democracy, your innocence is proven guilty. Reason number two is this perception, wrongly, that all politicians are corrupt. Reason number three is a uniquely Israeli reason, this feeling that you have to have elbows in a challenging region that Israel lives in. And in part because of that, Israelis like to have their leaders be a little corrupt, but not too corrupt. And another reason is that Netanyahu handled things very smartly. He didn't take the advice of political advisors in focusing on his strength at the beginning of the campaign. He focused on his weakness. And his weakness is obviously the investigations. He talked about them so much that by the time the indictments pending a hearing were announced, everyone already had an opinion on it, and it had zero effect on how they ended up voting. And so now the best-case scenario for Netanyahu is that uh, legislation is passed that allows him to stay in power as long as he wants, uh, immunity bills, Supreme Court override bills, changing the makeup of the Supreme Court bills. It can all happen. And the worst-case scenario is that the Supreme Court would already make him quit within a year after an indictment happens. Anything can happen. Now, the other reason why Netanyahu won a resounding victory was that um, this, the economic situation in Israel is going very well, thank God. A high economic growth, low unemployment, under 4%, high tourism. Uh, the security situation, despite what's gone on from Gaza, which Israelis kind of separate from the broader security issue, uh, is going very well. We weren't caught up in the Iran, in the uh, civil war in Syria where all the groups could have united against a common enemy and, and never ended up doing that. Um, the Iranians are gradually leaving Syria because they're under so much uh, financial pressure, both from the United States' sanctions, 
but also because of some uh, flash floods that they had. Um, so things are going in the right direction security-wise for Israel right now. Um, the um, diplomatic situation, they told us for 25 years, if there'll be no peace process, the world will be shunning Israel, the world will be boycotting Israel, and that hasn't actually happened. The Tanya has been welcomed around the world um, over the last four years, became the first sitting prime minister to visit Latin America, to visit Australia. He went to Africa three times. Um, he went to India. He went to every country in Europe almost. And so the diplomatic situation is going so well that Netanyahu recently told the staff of the Jerusalem Post that the real presidential Israel is not BDS, the effort to boycott, divest, and sanction Israel, but TNT, that the world leaders ask about the Palestinians when he meets with them for the first two minutes or so, and then change the subject to what they really want to talk about. They want to learn about Israeli technology, they want to learn about how to fight terror, and the N stands for the natural gas that we found off the coast that changes the entire dynamic in the Middle East from the world seeking out the Arab and Muslim countries to the world potentially seeking out Israel. And now we're moving forward to the diplomatic process that there's going to be with the United States as mediation, uh, the plan that's going to be announced sometime after Ramadan, probably also after Shavuos, um, where there's going to be a different approach to solving the conflict. There'll be more of a regional approach in return for whatever Israel gives up on. Israel will receive normalization with the entire Arab and Muslim world in return for whatever the Palestinians give up on. They would receive mass investment of about $9 billion dollars and even though the Palestinians are expected to say no, in the end it doesn't really matter because once this plan is announced, it changes the dynamic completely from uh, now where people say everybody knows where the final border is going to be. It was what Bill Clinton presented to there being a very, very different alternative that doesn't involve a single Jew leaving his home in Judea and Samaria. And uh, so I, I think there are important and interesting developments ahead and stay tuned to uh, www.jpost.com to watch all the excitement as it happens. And meanwhile, it's time to celebrate still um, the uh, continued uh, success of the Jewish state. And uh, we're very thankful in Israel to the people at Beth Jacob who care so much uh, to the point that you waited for that flight to come um, and for me to make my way from the airport uh, to the shul that I never actually got to. Um, you never know what you're going to get. Thank you very much. Okay, Shabbat Shalom. Not